Ladies and gentlemen, this show is brought to you exclusively by the Reality Check Podcast Network. Hey everybody, this is Stan Wangland and welcome to Just Thinking. Thank you for joining me today on the Just Thinking podcast and welcome to the show. If this is your first time, I really hope you'll enjoy the show and I I hope when you get done listening to the show that you'll rate and review the show, hopefully subscribe to it. You can go to our website, which can get you in touch with me in a variety of ways and you can go back and see previous shows. I, I think we have 230 some odd so far in the Just Thinking series with many more to come. So you've got a wide uh, menu of all kinds of things, not just political shows or shows on positive things or negative things, they're just things that a person like myself and you is just thinking about. And uh, what am I thinking about today? Um, Well, for some of you who may or may not know, uh, you know, my career has been that of a psychologist. Number one, I've been a a clinical psychologist, a program, you know, uh, a director, an administrator of, of programs and services uh, in uh, a large state bureaucracy. Uh, and I've also been an adjunct professor in psychologist for several decades. 
and uh, still teach, uh, you know, part time. I do all my teaching online now, not in person, but uh, I still keep my teaching, uh, you know, up there and current uh, in the field of psychology. But uh, one of the things that I've always been a proponent of, I've you know uh, worked uh, in mental hygiene, I've worked in corrections, and a vast number of years in the field of developmental disabilities, as well as uh, management consulting, administration, those kinds of things. But uh, one of the things that I've been a major proponent of in, in working with kids and grown-ups uh, and anybody in, in any of the areas of psychology is this concept of emotional intelligence. And I've got shows on it that you can go back to and, and look at, or, you know, if you want to do a quick search of the, uh, of the internet, do a Google on Daniel Goldman and um, emotional intelligence and, intelligence, and he's the expert, and we'll give you, um, you know, just a ton of information. There's all kinds of videos, blurbs, PDFs, lectures, everything. And it's basically talking about the skills people need to make sure that their intellectual and social abilities um, or adaptive or functional skill abilities are used effectively in, in terms of emotional intelligence. You know, do you know how to shake hands? Do you know how to greet people? Do you know how to handle disappointments? Do you know how to make friends and a whole variety of other things? And Goldman's premise, uh, including others, is that uh, with you know, your emotional intelligence, that these are the things that help you relate to other people and use your other skills. Now, this show is not about emotional intelligence, but while I was looking at this very interesting article, I saw another one next to it because it was about people in the world of work. I was actually looking for some things with you know management consulting and work. And here's the thing that says, what it's like to work for the same company for more than 25 years. And this is a, a recent article, just you know, put out the other day. And it says, in the era of the job hopper, it seems more like uh, a pipe dream than a reality. But these guys really did report to the same office for you know decades. And it's a story about uh, you know a, a gentleman working for th- uh, thirty years for Newsweek, and his name was Ray Sawhill. And then he was let go uh, at age fifty-four. Uh, you know, in 2008, uh, you know, they bought him out uh, and so on and so forth. And the idea was about, uh, you know, with millennials that the job hopping and job hopping and job hopping and that this is so important, you know, to become successful. And, and what is it like, uh, you know, to work for a place for 25 years or more? Like this is just this is like impossible. You couldn't even think to do that that you have to be a stagnant type person, you know, this ends all your creativity or whatever. And I looked at that and I said, my goodness gracious, what a bunch of nonsense. What a bunch of nonsense. I certainly understand the idea of job hopping if that's if that's what you want to do, uh, you know, and I'm relating this to kind of uh, emotional intelligence and good decision making and uh, just looking at things the way they are, you know, that, that we have, uh, you know, a choice. It's not about coming to the same office for 25 or 30 or 40 or 50 years. I've said on this show and I've been interviewed by many other podcasters and they've asked me about my career. And I have to tell you, I worked for my I worked for the state of New York for uh, Jesus. I don't even know how many years, 37 years. And I work for other places besides that. Can you believe that? But uh, I, I worked for them for 37 years. And I have to tell you, job hopping, I did more in that 37 years 
than I ever dreamed of doing in my entire life. I have directed more programs. I have been involved in more things. I have been trained in more uh, interesting and intriguing aspects of psychology. I have made more of a difference on the world than if I had 15 lifetimes in the private sector. If I would have been a psychologist and had my own practice and gone to the office every day and maybe sat on the board of someplace or, you know, work part time, uh, you know, here or there, my goodness gracious, going to the same office. I work for the same agency. I didn't, you know, go to the same office for for 30 some odd years. Uh, you can have a job in a company or an agency or, you know, it's like people who work for the State Department uh, when you see, you know, stuff on television or, or people who are in the military. Yeah, you're, you're in the Army or the Marines or the Navy for 25 years or whatever it is until you retire. But it doesn't mean you fly the same plane, that you're fighting the same battle every day or you're at the same pay grade for your entire life. And again, I'm not saying that anybody should have to live that lifestyle, but advantages. I can remember two different personnel heads. I, they used to call me Smooth Stanley. <laughs> and I said, why do, you tell, why do you say that? I was never a guy who went out seeking promotions, and I've got many. And I didn't kiss anybody's ass. I didn't have to. Uh, you know, and, and sometimes I was treated a little bit unfairly. Other times I was treated more than fair. Maybe maybe I shouldn't have gotten certain positions. You know, I, I never had a program that failed. Uh, you know, I, I never uh, found out that there was, uh, you know, some hidden conspiracy uh, in the agency to do something evil or something bad. There might be, you know, some people who were not as effective as others, to say the least. You know, and you're going to find that anywhere. But uh, I found out that that when you work for a large company and you think that or you work for an organization for many, many years, you say, well, it's bureaucratic. I'm just talking about that kind of thing. You know, it's a bureaucracy. Yeah. I would always say to myself, you know, I don't understand my role in the bureaucracy. And then other people and I would say, yeah, but you're the bureaucracy. I'm the bureaucracy. Yeah, you're you're everybody's a cog in the wheel of the of the universe of the cosmos. Nobody's in charge of it in, in one way or another. So whatever size cog of the wheel that you have or whatever your position is, try and exert the best possible good. Try to change the world. Try to, to try to make you know, your goals and objectives for humanity or for the betterment of things. Now, I had loftier goals. I have to say that. Mine wasn't about just making money or having a title or anything else like that. And neither were for most of the people that I knew that genuinely... You know, they, they didn't mind making a little extra money if they could, but they really wanted to help people. Uh, if somebody was the president of the union, they, they, they really wanted to do a better job for the union as well as be an employee of the agency. If they were an administrator like me, they didn't want to be just in charge of people or be able to make decisions or, you know, have more status. They wanted to 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 be able to affect more change and work on their belief systems and, and exercise their skills. And that's a wonderful advantage for working uh, in a place for a number of years. That uh, you're not dealing with a pack of cutthroats all the time. You're not dealing with people who are looking to, to ace you out uh, for another promotion or something. It doesn't work that way. 
It doesn't work that way in many organizations, and in some it does, and that's that's the way the game is played. But in other organizations, like I was explaining in mine, um, we were able to get to know one another. I, I could pick up a phone and call somebody, and of course I would have to have empirical you know, data and evidence for programs or for funding or things like that. But I could get to first, second, and third base with a person and even sell the idea based on my word. And then, you know, before it was finally approved, I'd have to send the actual data. But people would listen to me and, uh, and I would listen to them because I knew that they had veracity, that they were being truthful, that we could work off relationships, that we could use emotional intelligence with one another. We didn't try and stick one another. We tried to help one another. Now, were there some cases of people who were not like that? Absolutely, that you would find in uh, other areas. But there were many great, great benefits to working in a place for a long time. And like I said, you develop a tremendous loyalty, uh, you know, to the place. Uh, I started off by saying uh, the, the personnel guys would have a name for me, and they called me Smooth Stanley. It wasn't about lying. They would say, you, you just love the place. You never have a bad word to say about anybody. And I'm sure that I did. I, I'm sure that I complained from time to time about certain people. But I would always say, and I said when I retired, and I've said it on a thousand other shows that I've interviewed about you know, my career and things like that. I, when I watch sports, it's the best example. I can't believe that I got paid a wonderful salary, wonderful benefits, um, you know, had a wonderful life and career to do everything I ever dreamed of doing as a psychologist and then some. 10 times over. And I had pretty lofty ambitions. I got a chance to work with some brilliant people. I got a chance to meet some famous people. I got a chance to make such an incredible difference with my peers and colleagues and coworkers and staff from other agencies to do such incredibly good things for other people. I'm sure we must have inadvertently harmed somebody somehow, some way, but I, I can't think of it. I really can't think of it. I can think of just thousands upon thousands of people, and I'm not exaggerating, helped. And their lives permanently changed. Even by people that I thought were pretty shitty uh, clinicians or pretty shitty administrators or whatever, you know, uh, they were no worse than anybody on the outside, but they weren't brilliant. But they did wonderful things. And, you know, for the, for the most part, you know, 95% of the, the people, maybe more, they were honorable. They were honorable to the people. And they had, a sense of, they had a sense of loyalty to the organization. They had, a, and more importantly, they had a, a sense of loyalty to the people that we served. You know, uh, you never, you, this shit that you see, that we see in politics now, where somebody goes and they, the lawlessness, as Nancy Pelosi said, is, is a virtue. Man, people didn't do that. I had some very high ranking positions, man, uh, when I, uh, you know, uh, you know, when I worked and man, uh, and, and so did my peers and colleagues, many of them. 
And boy, if they did a lot of uh, illegal bullshit or anything that was wrong or would hurt anybody, there was no, I don't even know if there were any whistleblower laws back in the beginning, but somebody would waltz into the personnel office. I know because on one occasion I did early in my career with a very seasoned administrator who was horrific to his staff and, and, and I thought it was hurting the clients. And I waltzed right into the director of the program and I said I was going to resign my particular position if this particular you know, thing was not addressed. I swear to God on the air. And I won't say anything more about that because I still have some friends who I work with who listen to the show. And I can tell you that changes were a coming. And they did in, in, in a couple of weeks after that uh, particular event. That wasn't me looking for a promotion or doing anything. It's the right thing to do. And I've seen other people do that. I've seen therapy aides do that. I've seen housekeepers do that. I've seen people on all levels. That's what it's like to work for a company for a long time. In many cases. It's a good thing. It's a good thing because people know you. And uh, people forget that when you work for a place for a long time, if you work for a big place for a long time, Many times they have many, many areas to work in, and that's an advantage. You know, you may not be working in the same, uh, you know, the same job, the same program with the same group of people. Uh, you move on just like you wouldn't, you know, if you were moving jobs around the country. Now, I'll tell you what, and, and again, I'm, I'm, I know the world is a different place, and, and I can understand that. I'm not saying to go back to the... Uh, to the good old days or the bad old days or whatever you think. But I know as a young clinician, as a young professional, I move from state to state. I move from one job to another, like millennials do today. That was to gain experience. And I tell my son, who's in the human service field, the same thing. It's like being a musician and you're playing all kinds of bars and small clubs and everything else like that till you get signed by a record company, till, you, till you're with a company that you want to stick with and work with. That's You're making your bones. You're paying your dues. And uh, when you hit a place that you're going to stay for a long time, that's the old style way and I think still has, valid, has validity for some people. And I'm throwing it out for you. Just as a nice discussion on a Monday because maybe you're going to work and complaining about it. Hey, man, if you have if you're in the kind of a business that has the potential to be there for a long period of time, some great things can happen. You make your bones on those uh, those early changes as, as you're gaining your experience, you're gaining your knowledge base, you're, you're learning how to work with different people, different environments, different elements of your trade. Uh, and you become more expert. Then you get into some place and you perfect your craft. And that's really the point of uh, the show today. If you work in some place, what are you working for? Are you perfecting your craft? Are you making a difference? You know? Or is it just all about money? Is it just bouncing from place to place with no loyalty, with no friendships that last, with uh, always a hidden agenda? If that's what you want, that's okay too. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. And it wasn't for a lot of other people. I'm never afraid of work. I've, I've, I've reinvented myself so many times. I'm still doing it. I, I'm retired. I, I'm podcasting. And from podcasting, uh, one of the reasons I have a Patreon uh, uh, thing is because I want to get into more stuff with video and documentaries and, and different things and take this particular podcast to different levels. 
No kidding around. So anyway, that's what it's like to work for the same company for more than 25 years. This guy, you know, worked for his company for 30 years. I beat him by six years. I can't believe it when I say it. And it all went like that. It really never dragged out. You want to know why? When you love what you're doing, it's not only fun. It's where you'll get a name. If your name is uh, Maria, you'll be smooth Maria. They'll say, come on, what's what are you, what's going on with you? Why do you? What are you so smooth for? It's not that you're smooth. It's like being able to sing, man, you know, and you love to sing. You'll do it for nothing. Picture a baseball player. Yeah, I know it's hot. You know, you get booed every once in a while. Picture making all that money. I know you travel all over the world. There's a lot of pressure playing baseball, man. Well, when you have a career you love, you're working for a nice company and they're good to you and you're good to them. It's a good thing. It's like a family. Maybe it's some of the stuff that's missing in our country. Maybe it's some of the stuff that uh, is missing in your life. And uh, again, there's nothing matter with being a maverick or wanting to move on from on, you know, from one place to the other. Job Job hopping is okay, but it's like relationship hopping sometimes. Sometimes it's good to stick with something. And that longevity gives you a history. It gives you a knowledge. It gives you balance. It's, uh, you know, it's a good thing. And we have a job that's changing. It's like that old principle in psychology and medicine called homeostasis. There's a balance. It's like when a plane's flying in the air, it's not really, you know, flying perfectly at a level. It goes down a couple of feet, up a couple of feet. It's called dynamic equilibrium. Everything is balanced, it's moving, it's grooving, and life can be good. So don't throw the baby out with the bath water. I can't think of any other cliches. If you find a nice spot, hang out in it for a while, but keep your skills sharp in case you wanna move on to some other place, but don't throw away longevity. Just because somebody says you you have to make more money or you're, uh, what are you, what are you too comfortable? You too, hey, comfortability's great. Stability is a good thing. Maybe not for everybody. But every moment doesn't have to be a circus day, man. That's what I consider a little bit of emotional intelligence, too. Know yourself. Know what you want. But I will tell you one one thing. One last thing on this show. Uh, Mr. Saw Hill said after he left, he says he's age 65 now. He left at 54. He says, these days, I seldom think of the place. I have to tell you. Uh, I have uh, I had an opportunity to go back and and work, which I did, uh, you know, for about six or seven months, and uh, it was wonderful. I could have continued doing that. And then I said, no, I, 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 that, that's enough. I'm I'm retired now. I'm done. I don't want to go back and work in that place. Just like I don't want to go back and live in an old neighborhood that I've lived in for 35 years. If I've moved on and I've come to another place, today is a new day, and I'm doing new things. I think of the people. I have wonderful memories. I don't think of it every minute, but I'm very proud of what I did. I'm very proud of the people that I work with, and I'm very happy for the people that we served. We did good. So I know when I meet my maker, if there is one, I believe that there is. But if there isn't, it's no big whoop either. Because I did, you know, and my colleagues did what we, we tried to do the best that we could for people. And that, that is important. 
So I hope you have a nice day. Uh, I hope it's a great week for you. Got a whole series of great shows coming up for you this week. And I'm sure we'll have some politics and we'll have some funny stuff and whatever. But again, if you go into work today and you think it's such a drudge, I don't know, man. Think again. You know, think again. Well, that's it for Just Thinking. And I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Thinking with Stan Wanglin. Please feel free to follow and subscribe on whichever podcasting service you use for your podcasting needs and give us a rating and review for Just Thinking with Stan Wanglin. And also, you can check Stan out on Twitter. It's at S. Wanglin. That's at S. Wanglin. W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D on Twitter. And you can also follow all the great shows on the Reality Check Podcast Network on our Instagram page, Reality Check Podcast Network, or on our Twitter, at our podcast network on Twitter. And if you are interested in advertising or sponsoring your products, your services on this show, all you have to do is hit me up at wwrpodcast.com at gmail.com and find out about the great rates to advertise on shows like Just Thinking with Stan Wanglin and the many, many more great shows on the Reality Check Podcast Network. Are you interested in spirituality and the paranormal? Do you enjoy having conversations about social issues and current events with a balanced and spiritual perspective? Are you intrigued by ancient prophecies and mysteries of the past or just unraveling modern-day conspiracy theories? If so, I would like to invite you to come on a journey with me on my show, The Spirit Side, available on all the major podcast platforms. I'm Paul James Caden, and I hope to see you there. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms.